In 2011, our government issued a policy document which outlined a clear preference that all newly procured software systems should be based on open standards. That means if the government invests in a new database, telephone system or a document management system, these new systems should be able to interoperate with databases, telephone systems and document management systems provided by other vendors without any technical or patent licensing restrictions. We all accept that free open standards are a good thing. For example, the standard British power socket fits any appliance you can buy in any shop. It's guaranteed to work and John Lewis doesn't need to pay anybody a fee for every device they sell. In theory, the adoption of open standards in software works in exactly the same way. By making it easy to interoperate, it means we can do more with our limited budgets and hopefully everybody in the private and public sector benefits from the growth that ensues. But only one year after this enlightened era of sensible technology procurement began, the government is already backing away from this position. I spoke with Glyn Moody, who is one of the UK's leading technology journalists. He's written about free software and digital rights for almost 20 years, and I began by asking him to explain just why open standards are such a good deal for the British taxpayer. Well, standards in general are pretty good for everyone. They make life easier because you have a standard way of doing things. Yeah, in the particular concept of taxpayers, what you want to do when you're procuring equipment for the government is to have as big a range of suppliers as possible that can then compete against each other and that drives down the price. And the way you do that is by having open standards. Now that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because if you have closed standards, then only one vendor can provide that. You end up paying an awful lot more for a monopoly. But only one year later, our government's previously clear stand on restriction-free licensing seems to have eroded. The Cabinet Office have issued a policy document which seems to be suggesting that the once crystal clear notion of open standards is to be redefined. A lot of pressure was put on the government about the open standard mandate and essentially it was decided to do a kind of rerun so that uh, in a sense other companies would have another chance to present their side of the story. So it's a little bit murky but uh, really we're still battling over the definition of what open standards mean. The cabinet office has commented that open standards were indeed a good way of avoiding vendor lock-in but the various technology firms that lobby government seem to want to achieve exactly this, a vendor lock-in. I mean, it seems so obvious to me that allowing one vendor a monopoly is a bad idea. How is it that they're having such access to government? Well, it's, it's all down to the fact that they've got lots of extremely clever lawyers and lots of very busy lobbyists who basically help redefine the problem. So what you describe as rightly as a, a monopoly then becomes redefined into some kind of more open alternative. So it all comes down to this kind of angels dancing on the head of a pin, which lobbyists and lawyers are so good at. In your recent article for Computer World, you've described it as being like an open season on open standards. The lobbyists who are working for big firms like Microsoft and Oracle have managed to shoot down some policy documents which were previously held in very high regard. These were the policy documents that forced government to consider truly open standards. Instead, they seem to be introducing a rival concept called FRAND. So what is FRAND? Well, FRAND sounds wonderful because it stands for fair, reasonable and non-discriminatory. So in yeah, other words, saying, that? 
Exactly. It's it's like, you know, apple pie and all that kind of stuff. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't quite mean what it sounds like because um, basically it's to do with patents. And the issue is, if there is a patent on a standard, then how are people going to pay for the right to use that patent? Because patents are another monopoly. And the issue is, what do you pay to use it? And the Frand idea is that you don't have to pay too much and everyone has to pay the same amount, in theory. Um, but the issue then is uh, whether that really is fair and reasonable for things like free software. I see, just because it's called fair and reasonable doesn't necessarily mean that it is fair and reasonable. Exactly. It's another example of this rebranding. If you call it fair and reasonable, then everyone thinks, oh, it must be fair and reasonable. But in fact, it can be very unfair and unreasonable. And in, you've got companies like Motorola and Microsoft fighting over what fair and reasonable means because they don't agree because clearly it isn't well defined. Let's kind of try to define this with a thought experiment. Imagine a small business that provides mainly free or open source software could such a company find a successful niche if the government adopted the FRAND definition of open standards? Well, of course, it always depends on the details. But here's a situation that you could imagine, that there's this important standard that the government uh, wants to uh, get some equipment based on. And if that standard has a, a patent in it uh, that is made available under a FRAND arrangement, then typically you would be expected to pay a certain amount for every copy that it was used in. It might be quite small, might be a you know a pound or ten pence. That sounds fine. You know you've got ten thousand of those times ten pence is just a thousand pounds. But if you think of free software, you can give it away. You can make copies of it. So what happens there? Because how much do you charge for a piece of software that can be copied a million times? There's no way to reconcile that ability to share free software with a FRAND license. So, so it could either compromise the freedom of free software or open up a litigation nightmare for the companies that are trying to supply this sort of software. It, it would just make it impossible. People would have to uh, agree to whatever the, the owner of that monopoly imposed on them. That's the thing about FRAND. You have no choice. It may say fair and reasonable, but nobody says what that means. So they can impose unfair and unreasonable terms. Big companies have argued that the old open standards procurement policy was somehow unfair to them. For example, they claimed that it prevented them from asserting patents which become parts of well-used standards. That seems absurd to me, doesn't it? Absolutely, because what we're talking about here is software. I mean, this whole open standards procurement issue is about software. And not many people know, but there is something called the European Patent Convention. And Article 52 of that patent convention says you can't get patents on software. So if you can't get patents on software, this isn't an issue because you can't possibly claim patent licensing under FRAN terms because patents don't apply. It obviously gives some indication of the desired trajectory of these lobbyists they'd like to see they'd like to see the european patent battleground expand but increasingly europe has become a disaster area in which american and asian technology companies seem to be fighting a bizarre proxy war most recently we've had motorola sue apple in germany over push email a commonplace technology which neither company seems to have invented do you think we might one day see this patent war migrate from the consumer product sector into the public sector? Well, I think it's unlikely that governments are going to get sued for the very simple reason that you don't really want to sue someone that you're trying to get to pay hundreds of millions of pounds. So the government does have quite a powerful weapon. 
But you're right that this, this patent madness is spreading from the US. And I say it's doubly absurd because the, you know, the European Patent Convention says we don't have software patents. But again, it's the clever lawyers who, by using various kind of tricks, they manage to get something like a software patent through the court. And then they start suing people. So really, we have a fundamental problem that needs addressing, which is we need to enforce uh, the fact that there are no software patents. While paying lip service to the spirit of openness, the Frand proposal is anything but open. Even without software patents, the encroachment of non-open standards into the public sector will almost certainly encourage a return to the bad old days when government contracts were an opportunity for technology providers to establish supply monopolies at the taxpayer's expense. This is Salim Fadley for The Pod Delusion.